0: Hi, and welcome to the Thriving and Surviving Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Markson, and I'm a mum, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and most importantly, I'm someone that loves to make waves, break stigmas, and challenge beliefs. Think of this podcast as a wine and cheese night with your besties, sharing your deepest and darkest thoughts and struggles, but also learning a thing or two. So, whether you're thriving or just surviving, This podcast is here to enlighten you, heighten you, and most certainly brighten you. So let's dive right in, and I'm so glad you're here. And welcome back to another episode. So usually I've pre-recorded an episode, and then I just do my intro just before I actually uploaded. However, they are all happening in one today because this week has been so hectic. I started as usual with a night shift on a Sunday because that's what I do on my Sunday nights. Um, And then on Tuesday, I had my girls all day. I was supposed to go to a nail appointment and it was in my calendar and I completely forgot. And she was doing an after hours for me um, because I needed to reschedule. So she's already doing me a favor. And then I went to message her on Thursday and realized I'd missed our appointment and I felt terrible. So I messaged her and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But thankfully she forgot she was doing the after hours appointment for me anyway, because she has been super occupied because she has written a book. So we've been talking about this book that she's been working away at for Forever now, and she finally had her launch the other day, which is I am so excited for her. She has worked so hard on this. Um, so it's called Maybe Probably by Amy Russell. So if you get on Amazon, buy a copy, even just to support a fellow mama out, um, it's a romance novel. So I am going to read it. Um, and then Thursday, I was back at fire again, and then on no, Wednesday, I was at fire, and then Thursday, we had. Callie keeps saying she wants to throw a party. She's like, Mom, Callie, Callie has a party. I was like, right, okay. So we invited a couple of friends over um, on Thursday, which was good. Um, and then, oh, my God, on Friday, Tommy's bought – he got left unattended in Kmart and he bought this, like, inflatable boat. And he insisted on Friday that we um, go pick up the girls early from daycare and take them to the beach to use this inflatable boat and I just, you know, when you just know that the plan is not going to work out well, like it's rushed, the timings are off, like someone's going to forget something like you just, you just know. And to be fair, that's what a lot of the, that was Maddie just trying to call interrupting my podcast. Um, That, that is what a lot of Tommy's plans do kind of feel like. So we went to pick up the lay by because um, I got in early this year. Um, I was really organized and did our Christmas shopping when they had the Big W toy sales. So I've just been paying off that lay-by and it was finally paid off. So I went in to pick that up and they actually make you book in a time to pick it up so they can have it all ready. So I drove, you know, 25 minutes to this Big W to pick it up. And they're like, yeah, no, it's in a pallet. Did you book? And I'm like, I did, but uh, I guess we're coming back again tomorrow. Um, And so that made us more running late, picked up the girls, went down the beach um, with this boat, and it was low tide. It needed to be high tide, but of course, when you're doing things last minute, you you don't know what the tide is, and it was just windy and muddy, and I'm keeping it on the inside, but I'm looking at Toby like, bruh, <laughs> and it made chilly late for dinner, and it's that hour, that 4.30 to 5.30 period in our household where it is just madness, where people need to be fed and bathed and being put to bed or it's just an absolute shit show and once that's blown out like it is very hard to come back from that so which brings me to today and today i am feeling flat but overstimulated all at once i feel like i feel like i need a day of just laying in bed watching Netflix with nobody needing a single thing from me. Um, But let's be real, we're not going to get that. Um, I am going to be heading to, just found out I'm heading to Sydney for four days um, for Maddie's court case that she has um, coming up. We may unpack that a little bit if she wants to while we're in Sydney and I'll pop some stuff together because it is going to be very, very heavy. So I've got to juggle a fair few things around. I'm actually really anxious. Anxious? Yeah, anxious is the right word, to be away from Chili for four days. I've never been away from her for that long before. I mean, I've done a four-day stint from Cali for a friend's hens, but generally speaking, like, I don't do long periods away from the gals. So I am a little bit pretty sad and anxious about it. So... I've got all of the food stocked up, and I'm sure they will be fine, but yeah, still anxious. So that is my recap, and we are going to go straight into today's episode, which is all about having conflict in friendships. Now, this episode was actually inspired A lot of my episodes, I suppose, are inspired by things that are actually happening in my day-to-day, but this one's inspired because, as you guys have heard me talk about in a podcast before, I have a giant, giant mums group. There's like 30-plus people in there, and there was a little bit of conflicts, I guess, going on and people's feelings getting hurt and people misinterpreting things recently, which, you know, I've had my fair share of friend conflict. And most of them were when I was younger. So I'm going to run you through some of my personal, in hindsight, some of them are hilarious conflicts that I've had with some of my bestest friends. So you guys heard me um, in one of the other episodes say that I originally downloaded Instagram because I was having a fight with a friend and she put up some passive aggressive um, Instagram post and I really wanted to read what it was. So we were actually also living together together. And we were having this giant fight about cat shit. Because at the time she had, I don't know if she had one or two cats, one or two cats, and we had a small apartment. And for whatever reason, her cats consistently would come into my bedroom and shit in my cupboard. And I swear it's because she never changed the kitty litter often enough. So they were like, next best place is Amanda's wardrobe. And I used to be constantly just flipping out about that. And she was like, well, it's your own fault. Close your door. And it escalated. So we didn't sit down and commute. This is, and look, this is going to be the foundation of this is we did not sit down and communicate properly about it. We bottled, we were having passive aggressive stabs at each other. And it got to the point where we ended up having this giant, like head to head screaming match at each other, where I think I... May have said something about throwing her down the stairs, and like it was very heated. And our boyfriends at the time literally had to like pull us apart and isolate us in like our respective bedrooms. Um, which look, all could have been avoided if we sat down and we communicate, especially if you're living with someone. So, this also I feel like is really important. Um, when you have housemates, um, especially if they're your friends, but just in general, housemates because it is so easy to bottle up things that they are doing that is irritating you and getting you getting on your nerves until the point that it becomes nuclear, which it's hard to come back from a nuclear outburst as opposed to feeling comfortable enough to actually raise things in that space. So I know for me, anytime a friend hasn't raised something with me, my approach is rather than getting mad at them for not raising it, I do try and look at why they didn't feel comfortable raising it. Am I approachable? Um or if I believe that I'm approachable, why did they not feel like they could approach me? And I kind of tackle it from that angle. Like obviously they didn't feel like this was a safe enough space for whatever reason to feel like they could come to me. And that's an issue in itself that then I'm going to work on, we're going to work on together so that we could fix that. The blow-ups Kendall and I used to have were probably the most stupid though. Like an hour's were I remember we got in this one fight. And she was like trying to kick me. And I think I had a towel blocking her kicks and the hairspray trying to like spray her in the face. Like you'd think we were 12, but we were, well, we would be 19 at this point and living together. So there you go, common denominator, living together. Um, So Kendall used to have some weird, weird things when we were living together. I remember at one point she banned one of my boyfriends from the house because he smiled too much, which annoyed her. So look, it was a very interesting time uh, for our friendship. And I know I used to come home being mega hungover and then I would just dump like a kilo of frozen bacon in a fry pan in the kitchen and just sit on the bench in fetal position and just let it defrost and cook and burn all in one. And she was like, what are you doing? It used to drive her insane. But to this day, when I am hungover, bacon is my go-to. I do not care what what state it is in. I will put it on there. I will burn it until it is like chips and I will devour it. So the thing that all of these stupid fights, which are very stupid now but at the time felt, you know, a lot more serious and bigger than what they are, is that they are over things that you can come back from. And same this back-and-forth tiff that was happening in our mums group, it was just because this mum group is so large that – Every time we catch up, not everyone catches up. Um, Some people, you know, branch off into little groups and do catch-ups, not with everybody. So then people were feeling excluded. And I guess that is a part that comes with if you have bigger friendship groups, it's hard not to feel like you're left out if people catch up without you or, you know, you catch up with someone and you don't invite somebody else. It is a very complex space to be in. And sometimes I think the bigger the group, the easier it is for that not to happen. Um, With a group of three, I feel like it's very easy to feel like left out when you're then the only one left out. Whereas in a large group, like our mum group, it might be, you know, three catch up out of 30. So it's kind of like, well, the majority weren't invited, so it's not personal and, you know, that's the point I ended up putting a giant message in the mums group just so we could all do a bit of a reset and just saying like there will be times where I don't invite everyone and I just invite a couple of people and sometimes it's because I just don't want to clean up the mess from having a large group of people over and sometimes it's just who Callie wants to hang out with because she's at an age now where she'll ask for particular friends and I am big on trying to listening to her and respecting her wishes and just on the flip side, if there's particular kids that she's butting heads with and she says she doesn't want to hang out with them, I also listen and respect her wishes there, even if I might really like the mum and want to hang out with the mum, But if, you know, Callie's off the kid, I'm not going to force her to play with someone she doesn't want to play with. Um I, by all means, I promote inclusivity and kindness with my girls, but at the end of the day, if they don't like someone, they're allowed to not like people just the same way as adults. There's certain people that you don't like, um, that you don't want to hang out with or be around. Like sure, you'll be polite if you're in a group setting, but it doesn't mean you want to actually hang out with them and have them over your house. And I think kids deserve that same space, um, to pick their people. So I put a big comment in to basically to that effect, which was received really well because I am so big on being upfront with how I feel and explaining why I do things just so there is no room for confusion or people, you know, thinking I'm intentionally trying to exclude people because having copped a lot of that at high school. As you guys know, that is never something that I would do to another person is wanting them to feel sad um, or excluded or targeted or anything like that. So there are obviously conflicts that happen in friendships that friendships just can't really come back from. And thankfully, I haven't had many um, of those, but I did have one um not long after I had Callie um and I'm sure plenty of mums relate to losing friends when you you know you get married or you have kids um and you know you're on a different path to some of your friendships not all friendships are there for a lifetime some are for a season and some just can't navigate through when people are just doing different things and I'm going to Ass- I want to assume that this is that, um, whereas most of my other friends were like, no, girl, she's always been selfish and kind of horrible to you. I'm just glad you finally saw the light. But anyway, we got there in the end. But it was all over because she want- she had a 30th birthday in the valley, which is, you know, the clubbing part of Brisbane, which is, you know, about 50 minutes from where I live. Um, and I said, I couldn't go because I had, Callie was only 12 weeks old and she was exclusively breastfed at that point. So I couldn't, she wasn't taking a bottle and you know, it was my first baby. I was very overwhelmed. I wasn't in the best place. And I was like, look, I I can't, I can't like (laughs) make it work. And she was like, no, like that's totally fine. But then it turns out it was not totally fine. And she ended up saying that I don't make, you know, enough effort Um, As a friend, I'm not – I don't live up to her friend expectations. I think that might have been the wording that she used. I mean, even though the year before I threw her a surprise party. But, you know, unless you've had kids, you tend to just really not understand how much space they actually take up and energy they take up. And it actually did take, you know, her expecting – me to put her ahead of the needs of my child for me to be like okay this person they aren't on the same page as me in this friendship it's needs to be a two-way street so I was actually having this conversation um with Maddie in the context of relationships and how I view friendships relationships is I look at it now, like, let's not include her because I really fought for that friendship because, look, we've been friends for like 15 years. So, you know, there was so much back, background that I tried to hold on to it, I guess, a lot longer than I should have. But generally speaking, friendships, I tend to look at like an investment. And if you think about it like a financial investment, you wouldn't invest your money into something that was going to give you a negative return. So, like, it might give you little bits of return, but if overall you're going to be out of pocket, you wouldn't invest your money into that because that's not a smart use of your money. Yet, we do that with our feelings and our emotions when they're more valuable than money. So, is our energy for that matter? Our energy is more valuable than money, yet, we invest it in things that only take and don't give. So, How I sometimes take the emotion out of making a decision about, you know, people that add value to my life or people that don't is I think, okay, if they were a business investment and we are talking about money, would I put money into this expecting even just, even Z's, even Z's is fine because, you know, a friendship or any relationship should be give and take. You'd put money somewhere where you don't lose. You just sort of sit balanced. But you're not going to put money somewhere where you're just watching the account absolutely drain and you're getting nothing back in return. So I like to liken it to that. And if the answer is, God, no, I wouldn't put money into that. Okay, well, I'm not going to put my feelings and my energy into that. If it is like, yeah, you know what, overall or long term, yes, I will. And look, sometimes it goes through phases. I know when I had my kids, I lent on my friends and it was more take. I was taking more than I was giving because I needed that. But that's where, you know, it can flip back the other way and so it should that when they're going through things, then I show up for them. Like it doesn't have to be even all the time but it should be give and take and that to me is what a healthy friendship looks like and to have a healthy friendship, it needs to be even in that space but you also need to be having having regular, honest, open communication and, look, if you're not having that in your friendship – You need to be reflecting as to why. Like, are you someone that gets very defensive and feels like on the attack as soon as someone raises things with you? Because if you are, you're not going to be creating an environment where the people that you love and care about are going to feel comfortable coming to you and raising things with you, which, you know, I think it's important for people to do that because chances are you probably don't know that you're actually doing something that is upsetting them or hurting them because you're not psychic. But if you're not making them feel safe enough to tell you, they're going to start bottling it all up. They're going to be getting frustrated and you're going to have no idea until they have this giant go at you and you go, well, why didn't you say something? So (laughs) being approachable and laying the framework for approachability. So when I put the using that example, the big message in, in the mums group, I said to them all, like, I feel comfortable coming to all of you if there was an issue. I would You would hear it from me first because I feel safe enough to do that. And I really hope that if I was to ever do something or there was ever an issue that you would feel comfortable enough to talk to me because I want us to have a lot of open communication in this in this space, especially, you know, as our kids all get older, I'm sure things will come up. And sometimes those sorts of conversations can be uncomfortable. They're usually uncomfortable, but being able to have them is what strengthens friendships. And I feel very grateful that all of my close friendships now, we are, you know, navigating having conflict. And I think knowing how to come back from conflict is equally as important. So one of my um, besties, Ash, we have been friends for, we became friends in uni when we were doing law together. So, you know, that was a hot minute now. So maybe probably 10 years now, 10 years now, but we didn't have our first fight in a friendship until it was maybe like a year and a half ago, I think. Or two years ago and it was really challenging for us to navigate because we'd never had a fight before so and that's just because ash and i are both just very laid-back cruisy people um and because of that we just had never really butted heads and we had this fight and it was really new it was new territory for us to navigate um, and particularly because obviously we're doing it Ash's Body in Townsville. also we're doing it like via text message. She's in tears. I'm in tears. Like we're working each other up. Like it was – and so we ended up getting on FaceTime and just like crying <laughs> to each other and like hashing it all out because I was like, no, like we, we do need to hash this out. And then after we were like, wow, okay, like that was our first fight. But, you know – The key for us was getting on FaceTime face-to-face and talking and communicating and listening to each other. It would have been all too easy to just be like blow up at each other and then be like, oh, well, I'm not messaging her until she messages me and she does the same thing. And then, you know, suddenly you've thrown away a really wonderful friendship just because you didn't know how to navigate conflict with maturity. (laughs) So communication, energy transfer, and approachability are the three most important things, I think, in managing long-term friendships um, as an adult. So, I feel like this episode took so many random twists and turns. Like, I probably should have had a better framework, but look, we got to the end, and if you made it this far, amazing. If you Have any interesting friendship stories of your own? I would love to do a podcast episode unpacking that. Have you ever lost a friend? Have you ever gained a friend? Um, What's the craziest argument or fight you've ever had in a friendship? I would love to hear about it. And I'm going to do a little segment on it next week. Next episode is going to be all about that. So please send them in on you can either message me direct, or you can just message it through to the Thriving and Surviving Podcast Instagram. It'll all be anonymous. I'm not going to name and shame anybody, but I think it would make for some hilarious listening. So until next time.